Hey, mamas. We have Real Housewives of Orange County alumni Gretchen Christine Rossi on the pod this week. The new mama to Skylar Gray landed a role on the hit Bravo reality show, which launched her career as an entrepreneur. She calls motherhood messier than she expected, but miraculous in more ways than one. I went over to Gretchen's Orange County home to hear her advice. We talk postpartum depression, surrendering control, and her four and a half years trying to conceive and carry through IVF. Meet Gretchen. You're listening to Mama Mentality. Here we go. Do you still go by Gretchen Christine Rossi? I do. <laughs> I love it. I do. Full circle moment for us. We yes. have a little kiki in the kitchen. We're here <laughs> at your home. Beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Yes, it's all decorated for the fall season. I see some ounces of pink because <laughs> a baby girl, right? Yes, it was kind of funny. The transition has been much more difficult than I thought. I had pink everywhere for when she was born. Yeah. And then it's taken me this entire month to get <laughs> my fall stuff up. And there's still some pink in here. So I have to get rid of the pink and continue with the rest <sighs> of the fall. She's just totally taken over. And I mentioned yeah. that this is full circle moment. Let me just preface it by saying that you and I go back to my college days, interviewed yep. you on my college show. Now here and here mm-hmm. we are with the podcast because we are both. Well, you're a mom now. I'm a mother to I'm be. I'm so excited for you. That's so exciting. <laughs> and I had you. no idea you were even pregnant. That's how like lame I am. Like well, I don't I have time you. to watch TV. Right. I don't have time to do anything. This is crazy. <laughs> so James Vaughn, Jonathan Bennett, we're all yep. friends. And he's like, hey, you should have Gretchen on. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's reconnect. Yep. And then I think I just forgot to tell you, by the way, this pod is all about motherhood and yeah. I'm pregnant. Yeah. I said totally. it was about motherhood. I but think I, you I said left it was it about motherhood, but I don't think you told me you were pregnant. And like, here's the thing. I know there's, there's tons of people out there that like do Are podcasts. Or, yeah. Right. And like do podcasts about stuff that is like interesting and what's happening. And I thought maybe one day when you want to be mom, this is a good way for you to learn all this stuff. I had no clue you were pregnant. <laughs> I was like, Oh, by the way, what did I say this morning to you? Something you just, about seven months yeah. pregnant. And I was like, Oh, what? about decorating the house. I'm like, yeah, Girl, I'm just proud of you for getting fall decor <laughs> yes, up. Yes. Cause I moved into a house. And uh, we're just trying to get a nursery together. So, all right. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for inviting uh, Bobby and I into your home. Yes. Thanks for go. coming down. Yes. Uh, can we just talk about motherhood in general? How would you define, I asked my grandma this the other day, how yeah. would you define motherhood? Messy. Ooh, that's a good word. <laughs> no, um, you know what? It's weird because you have this perception of what you think motherhood's going to be when okay. before you become a mother. And, you know, nowadays with social media and Instagram especially, everything is so perfect and pretty mm-hmm. and, you know, all colorful and rainbows and butterflies. And then you actually have a baby and you're like oh my God, they all lied to you. Like, I literally want to write a book that's called It's All a Lie. Like, literally. Because it was nowhere close to what I imagined, thought, was envisioning in my head. And I've been really raw and real on my Instagram about what I've gone through and the struggles I've had and what's been happening. And it's funny because I, I posted this one picture where I'm like all done up in my makeup and I have this pretty dress on and I'm laying there and she's breastfeeding. It's like so beautiful. And I was like, this is what I imagine breastfeeding would be like. And I'm like, and it's absolutely not even close to this. My nipples are raw. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. your nipples are raw. Your hair is like always in a bun and it, because you don't want her pulling at your hair you barely could like have clothes on you know getting her on your breast you are a hot mess think you know you'll be lucky if you got a shower in in between this I mean it's just messy really like it's truly yeah. messy and like we were up last night until I don't know 1 a.m trying to clean the house just so we weren't embarrassed for you walking in oh, here stop it no swear to god like you should You're walk like, well, in our garage no idea how messy it was because no, you get so, lost yes because you imagine. forget you forget how bad things are because you just you learn and here's the thing the one thing about babies that I'm so grateful for in a way too is that you learn to it teaches you to really let go and to really mm. just surrender to life and to what's happening because you you get so overwhelmed and I'm a type A personality and I'm a one that's like always everything's perfect and organized and looks great and da da yeah, da. It's like every hair on your head has always been perfect. Everything. Right. Like you oh, like for me I've always done thank you. That was yeah, a compliment. Yeah, no, that thank was you. a huge compliment. Yeah. Um but so I've always been that person. So when you have a baby that goes all out the door and it's no longer possible for you to even accomplish that at that same level anymore, unless you have massive amounts of help, which I did not have. I don't, I did not have a nanny. I did like, I had this baby on my own a hundred percent. My mom came for the first couple of weeks, you know, a couple yeah. hours a day to just help with laundry and stuff. But after that, 
I was like, I'm super mom. I can do it all. I can work 24 seven and I can, no, just kidding. Like I, do you have help now? So we just got help last week. What? And I'll tell you why. And baby is how old? The baby's um, three and a half months. Three and a half months now. Okay. And I, I literally remember telling Slade just, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I looked at him and I'm like, I'm literally going to go insane. Like I literally am going to lose my mind and I cannot work 24 seven. Like I'm working and trying to have a baby at the same time. Like, and when I say 24 seven, when you're an entrepreneur, your job doesn't stop. Right. You know, you don't get to go, you know, have maternity leave and do all these things. Like you are still working since the day she was born. I still had to work in order to have income coming into my home. You know what I mean? I mean, and and social media, having to feed that beast, like that is part of it. And all your other side gigs. I mean, you're no longer doing the reality show, Real Housewives of of Orange County. But even from that, I mean, that's how everything sort of blossomed, right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, um, so you really, you have to be constantly on the go and constantly on the hustle to like keep your business going and, and flourishing and surviving. And so, um, so I didn't get that break and that was Mm. very, very difficult for me to compartmentalize having this new baby and learning how to, you know, learning my new normal is what I call it. And I like suffered a lot during those first couple months to the point where, Um, I didn't realize it, but I had major postpartum. So I just didn't, I was not, I was not recognizing that I was trying to be this like perfect, you know, I I can still do it all. I can still handle it all. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that I looked at site and I'm like, look, we can afford help. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, why am I torturing myself to like prove to the world that I can do it all? You know, did you think that you were going to feel like less of a woman, less of a mom, less of a provider if you got the help? Was there some like, you know, guilt in that? Yeah, it's really strange. I think that's twofold for me. I think for me, I look back like at the back in the day with my mom, my mom had three kids. Okay. Um, she was like perfect Susie homemaker. I would literally come home every day from school. She would be fully dressed up in nylons, high heels, makeup fully done, cookies baking in the Stop, like oven. marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Like, literally, like really over the top Martha Stewart, like just so good and like manage it all and have a beautiful kept home. Like where the did whole you grow thing. up? I'm in like Glendale, Pasadena area in a little town called Montrose. Um, And my dad and mom owned their own business. My dad worked the business. My mom was the the bookkeeper for that. So she was still doing, I mean, you have no idea. Like I had this, this perfect mom, literally, like she was so good. And if she was struggling, she never let anybody know that she was struggling. Like she just was really good at everything she did. So I think that there was a little bit of that. And also I feel like, um, the, the, the second thing for me is in this town in particular, yeah. I see so many of these moms that it's all about like get, you know, 12 nannies and get all this help. And then like they just go to the gym all day and they go shopping and like everything is just like so perfect. And then like you see their children and they're like not connected. Mm-hmm. They're 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 have behavioral issues, you know, like all this stuff. And I just was like, I refuse to be one of those parents, mm-hmm. one of those moms. I don't want to be in this box of, you know, yeah, I could have the help. I could have, you know, a bunch of nannies and housekeepers and all the stuff. But I didn't want, I really wanted to bond and really wanted to connect with my child. And I really wanted my child to know that I was there with Mm -hmm. them. And so I think that was what it was more about was, was, was beating myself up in the sense of I just would never want my child to feel like I just was like, here, go you to the nanny. You want to fall into that because it was yeah. so accessible for yes. you. It is so accessible. Yes, yeah. So how are you dealing with it now? You have help, but not that much help or yeah, so, they come, but not that often. Right. So what we decided to do was I, I looked at my schedule and like I said, literally, this was just last week that we <laughs> brought her on. Yeah. So um, it's all very new. And, um, and in my brain, what I think I'm thinking is that... Um, when I look at my schedule, I see that I probably need about three solid days of full-time work, like in order to get everything in that I want to do. So um, my goal is to have her three days a week. And then um, the other two days during the week, it's me and Skylar time. And then the weekends, it's me, Skylar and dad, because dad goes to the office every day. Now, granted, he goes to the office every day and we're lucky because he can come home. Like you just saw him here at lunch helping (laughs) and stuff like that. So we're very blessed in that. But Really, when he goes to work, he's gone from nine to five. So 
Um, so I, when he's gone nine to five, I, and I don't know why I thought this and God bless any moms out there that can do this, but Uh I just can't, I don't know why my baby is just so active and like, she does not want to be put down and you can't like, I can't be like, okay, here, here's a, here's a pass your bottle, you know, play, play with this toy or whatever. Like she doesn't do it. Like do this while I go do this. Yeah. Do this while I go answer five emails. Like it does not work. Like, well, she's three and a half months. Like eventually, right? Like I, I'm hoping eventually you'll Please dear God. I mean like, no, I'm hoping, but like, that's the thing is again, I think that, and I know, I knew this was going to be hard. Don't get me wrong. I just had no idea how hard it was going to be. And I did not realize that like, I really was not, going to be able to like just get one email I could not get one freaking response back to one person because in the middle she starts screaming or something would happen or she'd go to the bathroom or whatever it was you mm-hmm. know I was just like oh my gosh so it wasn't until I finally just let it all go and said I can't I can't like I just I, I the laundry can't get done the house is a disaster there's dishes yeah. and I just let it go and I just started connecting with her that it it started to become a little bit easier for me and then like I said, this last week, I decided, you know what, in order for me to be the best mom that I can be yeah. um, and to be there 100% for her on the days that I'm there, I have to have somebody helping me on, on the days that I have to get work done. Yeah. So that's why we decided Good. to make that decision. And so you have one person, a couple people. How does that work? No. So right now we just have the one gal. Um, uh, it was funny last night, Slade and I needed to get a couple things done for this work week. Yeah. And because um, she can't do Sunday nights, she told us that from the very beginning. Okay. And um, and I was like, and he said to me, he goes, I think we need to actually find another person that can be like a backup mm-hmm. in case we need her on like a night or we want a date night or we want something like that. So right now we only have the one gal that's going to come like three days a week. Um, during work hours so that I can just get my work done. Yeah. And then, um, and then we think we're going to find like a second person as like call for the babysitter for like a night, a date night, or if I have to go to LA for an event or, you know, something like that. So that's, that's what we're looking for. Anybody out there? Contact me. (laughs) Contact Gretchen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you sit down and you select someone, I imagine it's a big conversation between Mm -hmm. you and Slade Mm because this is someone who's going to be handling your baby talking to your baby, influencing your baby at three and a half months. Yes. Do you have them interview? What is that process like? I'm interested as a mom to be someone who is also a working mom, you work in television. How do you deal with that? So here's the thing. Okay. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Okay. Okay. This was funny. This is really funny what happened. So First of all, we just went to, you know, one of those websites that, you know, like care.com or there's a couple of them out there, right? Okay. So we put our needs up on a couple different websites to get a... Do you say who you are? No, this is what I'm going to tell you. Okay. So we put it up on a couple of different of these websites to get, you know, a pool of good people responding back. I don't put my name because if you put your name, Gretchen Rossi, people are going to be coming for the wrong reasons. Right. Oh, Gretchen from Housewives. And like, look... Are we're still yeah. we're still in the public eye? Skylar Gray's birth was huge. It was all over. You know, people know this baby. So, like, yeah. I just don't want people there for the wrong reasons. So, the first time we go to meet her, we we choose not to do our interviews in our home either because if we meet them and we're not comfortable and we get a shady feeling about them or anything, we don't want them knowing now they've where been we in live. Your home. We don't want right. them seeing you know anything in our home. So, we meet them at our office, right? And what happened was, God bless her, this gal shows up early because she's very punctual. Good. She shows up early, but we forgot to tell the people in the office the name that we're under on the oh, site. So the she's like, name. I'm yeah. looking for so-and-so. And and they're like, sorry, but like nobody works here by that name. And so she like leaves. And she's so, like fraud. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. So she calls us. She's like, hey, um, yeah, so I was just at the address you gave us, but they said nobody here How works at. funny. So we started giggling. And like, you can imagine this poor gal. I'm like, well... I'm really sorry, but that's not really our names. And she's oh, like, Oh gosh. Yeah. So she's like totally confused. Like sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. So I walk in and I said, I'm I'm really sorry. I know this is really strange, but we're public people and we just don't want people, you know, responding to our ad for the wrong reason stuff. So we started understandable by the way. Yeah. But her eyes were like this big and she, you could just see she was processing. She has no, by the way, thank God she has no, oh, clue by the way, was are. she like a real housewife? No. And she was I'm younger. Saying, She's yeah. like 30. So I was surprised okay, that she wasn't, but, but she said that she, 
She's like from the Santa Rosa area, and she said that she just really didn't grow up watching TV, and she doesn't have a TV now, so she's just like Perfect. not into. Look, she doesn't live under a rock. She she knows what Real Housewives is. Yeah, but she doesn't. She didn't watch me. She doesn't have any like misconstrued ideas of who I am or anything yeah. like that. So. It was really cute though because she was really nervous when I like told her like sorry or like public. She's like now I'm working with a celebrity. Yeah. So then and so then like for us we had to ask very different questions than maybe most people would ask because we're like are you okay if paparazzi takes pictures and you're like in the picture? I mean it sounds stupid but literally like the first week that we had Skylar we had paparazzi show up like with major telephoto lens going into our doctor's office. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just so, a different lifestyle. It's a different lifestyle. So I had to say to her, you know, are you okay? Are you comfortable with this? Are you comfortable signing a non-disclosure? You know, just all the yeah. stuff because we talk business here every day in our home and, yes. you know, just all that stuff. So it was a little bit different of an interview process. Now, when it comes to the actual baby, um, the questions that we asked that were very imperative and important to us was first and foremost, um, are you CPR certified? Mm. Super important. Um, what kind of training do you have? Have you ever worked with kids? How many kids have you nannied? Uh, we need those references. We need to do a background check. What kind of car do you drive? Um, do you have any, you know, past records on your, on your driving record? Um, and by the way, I don't care what kind of car you drive. I just want to know it's safe. That's it. Um, and then, um, the things that really made us like her was she was like, I have a car seat in my car already. I have a blanket for the park. I have this. Like she literally showed us her car and I like had all this stuff in it. And she was like already prepared. She's not a mom. She's no, she's not a mom. She's just passionate about children. She loves, 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 loves children. And, and, um, and so, and it was cute because even the first time that we, because we had Skylar with us and the first time we introduced her, she just lit up like, and you could just see how much she mm. loved kids. And then the other thing that I really actually liked, cause she doesn't have TV herself. She said, I'm not a really big TV person with children. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Yes. I was like, I like you because you know, I don't want somebody just sitting there all day on a couch, just playing, you know, cartoons for my kid. No. And she said, I find it really important to like read to them. And I just want to make sure you're comfortable with me, like taking her to like music class and doing that. And I'm like, Oh my God, I love this woman. Yeah. Right. So, yes. So those were the things that were really important to me. Um, You know, if I could find somebody that spoke 19 languages, I would love that too, but that's difficult. So, um, so, you know, you have to kind of, yeah, exactly. And so you kind of have to give and take on some of the things that maybe you would absolutely love to have. But, um, but for me, the ultimate thing is how Skylar responded to her. And Mm. the fact that Skylar is so incredibly comfortable with her and happy and um, she was, I mean, this was a complete stranger. And to see that Sky wasn't crying, wasn't upset, wasn't, yeah. what didn't feel weird. I mean, that's when I was like, okay, I know that this is like the right person because Skylar's demeanor was just so happy. And yeah. Skylar, you can, she, we've had other people come in and take her as, and that are family friends, but they're still a stranger and she's not as comfortable. So that's what really did it for us. So it didn't have to be from the get-go for you. It didn't have to be family. No. So here's the thing. I, I wish it was family. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that would be amazing. I'm like, mom, I had, I tried, I tried to convince my mom if I could hire her. I was oh, like, what mom, did she say? Um, two things. First of all, my parents have a couple different homes that they like to travel between. They have a couple homes up at the lake and okay. down here at the beach. And then our Montrose home where we grew up at, where their business is. So they're constantly traveling and like, it's kind of unfair for me to say, don't go take, you know, time in your, <laughs> your vacation home or whatever up at the lake because you have to be my full-time nanny now. Yeah. So, um, she said that was the first thing. And second of all, she said, you know what, mom, I, or mom, you know what, Gretchen, I want to be grandma. grandma. I don't want to be nanny. And like, if you're upset about something I'm doing or something, you don't like the way I'm doing it, or if I'm not doing your laundry fast or whatever it is, you know, it's just a different dynamic Totally. when you have a family member doing this. So when she said that to me, I kind of thought about that and I was like, you know what? She's right. I want to be able to say to the person that we are hiring and we're working with, I want to be able to be comfortable and say, can you do this? Can you take care of that? Can you go run this errand? And like, it would be, Yeah, who's actually literally like working for you and not like, because it would feel weird to be like, hey, mom, can you go take my stuff to the cleaners and can you pick up milk on the way? I don't know, you know, like. I I get it. It's just a little bit different. So, um, and then, I mean, I have this one cousin that would be amazing, but she lives up in La Crescenta and she, because she like does that full time and I would love that, but she lives up there. So, you know, it was just one of those things where it worked out better to just have somebody that was, um, that, that did this 
that knows what they're doing. And like I said, that the thing that topped it all, I don't care what credentials you have. This is my best piece of advice okay. to you about this. Please spill I don't care what credentials you have. If your child is not comfortable with that nanny and you can sense that immediately, they're not the right person. The like, baby's intuition. Yes. Basing it off get of them out your Get them out of your house because if it's not a good vibe. And that was the other thing. One of the other questions I asked, and a lot of people don't think to ask these sort of things. Okay. okay? So we play a lot of praise music in our home and Skylar loves the praise music, right? Well, Thank I had you. to ask her that question. Like, are you comfortable with praise music? Because here's the thing. If she's an atheist and she's miserable all day because you're praying, you know, playing praise music, it's not, it's going to be, she's going to feel tense. She's going to be yeah. upset. She's not going to get you know what I mean it's gonna seep into her job yes, as a caretaker yes right? so it's little things like that that you have to huh. um you have to decide you know you have to ask the proper questions for what your lifestyle is that make sure that the nanny or whoever's helping you is comfortable with and so the other suggestion I would do and what we did with her is we said we're gonna try you out for two weeks we're gonna have you in our home we're gonna see how sky reacts to you we're gonna see how you do and for us, the fact that she was proactive, the fact that she got up and was doing the dishes and doing things and jumped in. And when Sky was upset, she would pick her up or she'd be like, let me check her diaper. You you get to see somebody's things in those moments yeah. as opposed to like, oh, yeah, you're just hired. And then like the next day they're on their phone and like, you know, doing nothing. Like this is the reality. Not going to work. Yes. A trial period. A then. trial period. Yeah. And she was good with that. And she was totally good with that. And she actually said that she she prefers that because the truth with her. And this is the other thing I liked about her is she said, um, you have to I have to be comfortable with you guys, too. Like yeah. she goes, I might not connect with the baby. And she goes, and that makes it not fun for me too. So she actually said, I like to do two week trials like that. Hmm. So, you know, it's a good person when they're concerned about the well being of the child too. Yeah. And does she have other clients? Yeah, she does. But, um, but she's wanting to do full time with us. So I okay. said, look, wh- this is what we can do right now to start because this is what I want for my lifestyle. But if it's, if it looks like, you know, if we have some, if, if I get booked on a big show, I don't know. You, don't know. you never know. So it's like, I might need you at some point, but yes, yeah, she does have another family that she works with on the day. She's not working with us. Okay. So it all works out. One other thing I was going to tell you too, that I, that these are just signs and I'm telling you this like as a friend of friend. No, I like that. Yeah. Um, these are little signs that are good. So the very first time, okay. The first time you leave your baby with the nanny is the hardest thing you'll ever do because you got to remember this is a complete stranger in your home. Right. And you're like, and I'm leaving my baby. And for us, it took us four and a half long years to have this baby. Yes. She's like our miracle, precious, everything baby. And I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh, what if she like gets kidnapped and leaves? So she could tell that I was really nervous leaving. And she's like, take my keys. Mm. And she was like, oh, we were just going down to the storage unit. I, we weren't even going far. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't normally take her keys if, in case there was an emergency. But <laughs> literally, she was like, take my keys. And I didn't take them. But it was one of those moments where I go, for her to say that to me and be like, I can tell how nervous you are. I have nothing to hide. Take my keys. You're fu- she's you going to be fine. That. I needed that. And then the first time she took her on a walk, she left her keys. She goes, just so you know, my keys are here. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. I could just tell that she could tell that I was struggling. And so she wanted to make me as comfortable as possible. And that was awesome. Oh, we love her. Yeah. We love her. I haven't even met her. her. And we love her. (laughs) Nobody's still her. She's mine. (laughs) She's all Gretchen's (laughs) and Slade's. You mentioned four and a half years. Yes. To not just conceive but to conceive and carry yeah i mean yes that's very you just gave me chills <laughs> right yeah, i mean so those true. are two very different things so true so true let's dive into that if if you're open yeah. to it of about course, your ivf journey yeah. and what it took to get to this moment yeah so a lot of people might not know this but slate had a vasectomy over now it's 17 years ago um so and that was because his child was very sick and they didn't think they were going to have any more children with the woman he was with. And, and so, he has two. And correct. he has two boys. And so he thought that that was the responsible, good decision at that time. And uh, the woman he was with at the time was having difficulties with her pregnancy and they didn't want to take mm. any chances and all that stuff. So, um, you know, fast forward, you have no clue you're going to meet someone else and be with someone else and yeah. that one's kids. So, um, and so first piece of advice is think long and hard before you give a second because it could change. Come men. on, men. Um, <laughs> So we knew that we had to probably go through IVF to start with because at my age, when we really started really thinking about it was 36. And when we spoke with the doctors, they said, we can do a reversal, but it's not that huge of a rate of, you know, chances of that taking. And 
Um, it could take longer to try and get pregnant, the whole thing. So we went straight to IVF. 36, did IVF. We got 14 embryos. It was wow. unbelievable. We were so excited. Literally six hours before they were supposed to implant in me, mm. they called and said, every single one of your embryos arrested and died. So it was unbelievably devastating to me. Like I literally thought I was going to be calling all my friends and family in the morning saying I'm pregnant. And yeah. I instead I got had to call and say we lost 14 embryos. So Was that normal? No. What happened? No. And, you know, I, I have to be a little cautious on that because, you know, I, I'm not in the business of saying anything negative sure. about any facilities or whatever. But there was definitely... Um, some things I think that took place that didn't match up. So, um, so I think that there was something off on my levels of estrogen and whatnot, the more we researched it and looked mm -hmm. at it. Um, so anyways, that you moved on from that facility. Yes. So we did move on from that facility. And even though the, like the staff and everyone was incredible and wonderful yeah. there, we do feel like there was some big mistakes that were made there. So, um, so when we went through that, it took me a good year and a half just to get through that. I went through, I went to a bad depression. I was mm. really upset, um, obviously about it. You, you put your body through all of this, you know, these gross hormones and all of this stuff. And the truth is, is that, you know, people are like, cause basically I, I gained all this weight and I had cellulite in the side of my abs that I never had. It's I'm not back your in my norm. Arms. Like, not my norm. And it's like, I have no problem having those war wounds, but when you have nothing to show for it, that's really, really hard. So I went through this whole, you know, hormonal change and all this stuff. And it was just a really tough period for me. So we took a beat and then that it was, I was turning, it was like my 38th birthday or something like that. And, um, or 37th, something like that. Yeah. And um, Slade for my birthday wrote me a birthday card and said, you know, you went through so much for us. Um, it's my turn. So I'm going to, I have a, a vasectomy a reversal, wait, vasectomy reversal Reverse scheduled uh -huh. on December 2nd or something. We're going to try that other, yeah, that other way. We're going to try the okay. other way. Cause he's like, you went through all this. I had really bad reactions to the progesterone shots mm. that go in your butt and the whole thing. That sounded really wrong. That go in the hip of your butt. <laughs> well, you shoot it on the skin. Yeah. Really we get it. We get it. Um, so anyway, so I had really bad reactions to everything and he's like, I don't want to put you through this again. Let me try and do this reversal. So we were with the best doctor, the whole thing. He went through a five and a half hour surgery for me. What? 12 week recovery, like ultimately painful? the whole thing. Incredibly painful. Um, Is it attaching something back? Yep. You're retaching the, the vasectomy back to, I mean the, the, the vase back uh -huh. together. It's a, it's a tiny, tiny little cord basically. And you're reattaching them hoping it doesn't scar down and the sperm can get through. So it's, it's a very complicated five and a half hour surgery. And it, think of like the tip of a little pin, like the little ball point uh -huh. right there. That's how small like reattaching this is back together. And that's why it takes that long. So, okay, so um, Slade does that for you. So he does that for me. We try for another 18 months. Sadly, nothing was happening. Um, the, the sperm was not showing up in all of his tests. So basically that didn't work. Mm. So it's my, I'm 39. I'm going on my 40th birthday. And I literally, so I think that's what, I think he got it done in 38. So I literally remember when I was turning 40, it was such a depressing birthday for me because I was like, I'm turning 40. Like I haven't been able to have a baby yet. Like, what am I doing? Like, am I in the right relationship? Like all those things that start happening at this yeah. kind of, you know, milestone in your life. And you're just You like, envisioned yourself as a 40 year old woman with how many kids? At least three. Wow. Possibly four. So this was yeah. not the vision. Not the vision at all. It was not the blueprint I had made out for my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and not what your mom had had, which you right. and your head right. were kind of comparing yourself right. to. Okay. Right. So, um, so anyways, I, it was just very, very difficult that birthday for me. And, um, I just remember going, look, like I, the only way I'm going to be able to have a baby is I have to go through IVF again and I just have to figure it out. So, um, I remember I just decided to change my mindset, to change the way I was going to go about it this time. Started doing massive research. I found the most incredible doctor I I feel in the world, Dr. Surrey at um, Southern California Reproductive Center, and he's basically the founder, one of the co-founders of IVF. Wow, literally, and um, he got so many of my girlfriends pregnant. 
um, the more I did research and the more I talked to my girlfriends, a lot of people don't talk about the fact they went through You're IVF. Like, oh. Ooh, that was yeah. So uh, it was interesting that the more I started asking a lot of my girlfriends, and they all were like, "Yeah, I went through this doctor," and I was like, "Wow, that's the doctor that I keep hearing about, and that's the doctor I've been yeah. researching." So he's in Beverly Hills. That is quite a commitment to be driving every single other day up to Beverly Hills to get your blood work, wow. get your test done, do all this stuff. But I, that's how badly I wanted to have a baby. Once we got our embryos, okay, we sat down with the embryologist because I had about eight different embryos, um, the first one, and 10, the second one. We only got one genetically sound out of each batch, okay? Wow. When I sat down with the embryologist to understand why we only got one, one genetically sound, he sat there and showed us showed us everything, and he said, I got to tell you something. He goes, in my 30-something years of doing this, he goes, I've seen this happen maybe, you know, 0.5%. Mm. He goes, but I've never seen happen what happened to your embryos both times. And I was like, what's that? So, in the process of an embryo growing, they split, the, the eggs split into two, then they split into four, and then they split into eight. That's just the process of how the splitting goes. You watch the video of my embryos, it splits to two, and then it splits to five. Mm. And then it self-corrects itself and goes back to four. And then that is the one that ended up being the genetically sound embryo. And not only it did like, it happen er, once, Let me come back. Yep. And not only did it happen once, but it happened both times, both times on our embryos. So my point being is that, yes, science is very involved in this. Yes. Science is what helped pull the eggs out and pull the sperm out and make it happen. But God definitely had a hand in making sure that this baby was meant to be like, here. No, let me drag that baby back over here. Is it not so weird? What? Because normally... You see a video? I didn't know that... Yeah. You can, you you actually, can actually have access to that. Well, it's our, it's our lab. They have a very high-tech video where they actually... Watch how long is that process? It's a long time over the it's, course it's like of five months? days. Oh, oh days, yeah, yeah okay. It's five days of, of filming this, and it's 24 wow. hours a day filming it. And they're it's like showing, yep, it's a time lapse, and they show the baby growing and what's happening to each embryo so that they can come back and say, This is what happened here, this is what happened there. So, when, when he looked at ours, and what's weird is most embryos that go to five. They always die off. They're okay. never the genetically sound ones. The fact that it went to five, self-corrected itself, pushed out the bad cell, came back, was the genetically sound one. He's like, this baby is so strong and so meant to be here. It's unreal. So, so these do you are the look at Skylar and you yes. just go like... Miracle. Miracle. Miracle on every level that it could be miracle. Because it, I was also yeah. 40 years of age getting my eggs withdrawn. Like... That do is, they still call it geriatric pregnancy 100%, now? 100%. It's geriatric 35, 35 and above. And above I geriatric hear. pregnancy. And and what's crazy is that a lot of women don't know this. And this is why I became such a big advocate for women freezing their eggs at a younger mm. age. Because I was a career woman. And I was totally bamboozled by the, the way that Hollywood glamorized the fact that you could have a baby way into your 40s, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I was sitting in my doctor's office that he's like, why'd you wait this long? And I was like, well, what do you mean? I thought that you could just have a baby through IVF. And he's like, no, your eggs completely diminish. Mm. He goes, 30, at age 34, half of you, your eggs are lost. He goes, and then again at 39, another 50% are lost. And you're only born with a certain amount of eggs. Mm. So by the time you're 40, 41, and they say 42 is like, that's like the bad cutoff time for mm. you. That like at 42, most people are not, they don't have any good eggs left. Now, there's those few out there that are get lucky and all that. But what Hollywood is doing and what, what they're not being truthful about is a lot of celebrities are having babies way into their 40s, but they're using egg donors and they're not being honest about it. And that's okay. It's their private, their right to privacy. Sure. However, it's misleading to the people out there that think, oh, I can have a baby way into my 40s thinking yeah. that IVF is what got them the ability to do that. And that's just not the case. Well, and IVF is very expensive. It's very Average. Expensive. Average is about twelve to $15,000. And that's why I'm fighting with, um, fighting for everyone right now. I'm, I'm, my plan is to go to Capitol Hill and try and change legislation around it because it and is. And you want what? So there is, we've been working with, um, uh, the Senator Cory Booker out okay. of New Jersey. And he has, um, a bill that's called Access to Infertility Treatment and Care Act. And um, we're working closely with him to get that passed because that will allow insurance companies to cover IVF. Now, a lot of people don't know this. 
But IVF was considered a disease. It was diagnosed as a disease a couple years ago. It was, never had been before that. So the fact that it's it's been diagnosed as a disease and insurance companies does not cover IVF treatments for these families is mind-boggling to me. They're going to cover Viagra, but they're not going to cover... Something to help supplement, yeah, to get you to to in order for you to be pregnant, pregnant. because you truly do have some sort of of a disease or some sort of an mm. issue that's keeping you from being able to get pregnant. There is so many families out there that are not able to have a baby because they cannot afford it, and there is so yeah. many yeah. Pe- people out there that are mortgaging their homes. They're taking two, three jobs just to have a chance mm-hmm. to have a baby. This is how you open this. There's a big difference between you know, uh, getting pregnant and, con- or what did you say? Um, conceiving and caring, conceiving and caring. And the, the point is, is that there's so many people that just want the chance just to even try IVF and they yeah. don't even get that chance, let alone getting to the point where they, you know, deliver a baby. Yeah. So I am on this mission. And what happened for me was, um, uh, it was the first time Skylar kicked in my stomach. It was 2 a.m. in the morning, and I got woken up to her kicking my stomach for the first time. And mm-hmm. I'm bawling my eyes out, and I'm crying. And I think it's real. Yeah. And I and I turn my phone on, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm crying. Because like, I wanted to capture that moment. Yeah. And it was so interesting because in that moment, I went from being so happy and so full of joy and so excited to feeling such sadness and being so devastated for so many women out there that will never get to feel that feeling because they can't financially afford it. Mm-hmm. And I had a premonition in that moment and I felt like God gave me this on my plate and he pushed and he caused us to suffer for four long years so that I could remember this feeling and I could know this feeling and I can say, I have a voice, I have a platform, I need to do something with that. I need to make some yeah. change. And that's when we started looking into this and this is when we found uh Senator Cory Booker that has this bill and we've been really advocating for this and trying to, you know, get this passed within legislation. So anyone out there listening, they need to go to their local senator and they need to ask them to please pass this bill because this is the bill that is going to allow them access to fertility treatments through insurance. And it's ridiculous that insurance is not stepping up and paying for this. Yeah. Is the millions and trillions of dollars that they make, right? And how is it going so far? So it's you know what here's the thing. It's a it's 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 a it's a it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a very arduous task to take something like this on. And the payoff for you would be the happiness of other families. Yes. It's not about the money. It's there's not no about, money there's no money for me. I wish there was money this. for me on this. Right. I mean, that would make it even better. This is part of your work. This is part of yeah. my giving back because I feel like I am so blessed to be in a, um, in a space where I could afford IVF. And there's so many people out there that couldn't afford IVF. In multiple rounds. In multiple rounds. Of and IVF. most of the time it takes multiple rounds. It really does. So, um, so it's just very, very expensive and people really should, um, should not have to suffer to that degree and shouldn't have to be, um, you know, the, having a child should not be taken away from them because they can't afford it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, totally. So meaning the IVF, I mean, the baby in itself is going to be a lot of money, but yeah. you know, the IVF is just, it's just so astronomical. It's just, it's too much money. So that's, that's been my mission. Um, obviously Skylar being born kind of, kind of hit me off that train track for a minute because (laughs) (laughs) that takes a lot of time and energy. But, um, but we, you know, it really is about just being on the ground and really getting, doing podcasts like this, talking about it, letting, educating people about this bill, talking to your local senators, letting people know that you want this bill passed. No, that's good. And I recently saw you on an episode of the doctors. Yes. And it was interesting because he talked about going back to the postpartum depression. So you go through all of IVF, Mm -hmm. you now have conceived, now you're caring, you're feeling Skylar kick in your body. It's just the most miraculous thing ever, right? Nine months past, you deliver her. It's the time of your life, mm-hmm. but you're hit with that depression. Yeah. One out of every seven women yeah. who deliver. Dr. Travis Dork said that, and I found that to be so interesting. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Yes. First of all, I thought for sure I would never be one of these women that got postpartum. And um, why did you? Why did you assume I'll, that? I'll tell you why. Okay. Because um, first and foremost, I think there's a huge misconception about what postpartum is. And I think that people compartmentalize it and put a label on it of like, oh, you're just depressed and you, you know, uh, 
like I I don't know at least for like me like you can control it yes like like you can control Stop it complaining. and like yeah and like for me I thought I'm such a happy go lucky person like I would never be the one that doesn't bond with my baby and doesn't this have this is all you've ever wanted it's all I've ever wanted why <laughs> would that happen yeah. how could I be depressed how could I not bond with my baby how could I any of those things and what I did not understand at the time was that you do not have control over it it is truly a chemical imbalance that happens in your body because of the amount of hormones and the changes that are happening in your body. It has nothing to do with your, with your mindset and the fact that like, I'm a happy person. I'm never going to not have that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. It is truly a chemical imbalance that happens in your body. And, um, I just didn't even realize that until I got to that point. And I still refused to believe it for the first, you know, month and a half yeah. that it was happening. It wasn't until I was sitting in my pediatrician's office and I was bawling my eyes out and she's like, Gretchen, we need to have a serious conversation. And I think that you don't realize that you're having really bad postpartum. And, um, and I, and then I got a text that afternoon from my OBGYN, my pediatrician had called my OBGYN mm. and I, and I knew in that moment I go, okay, it's bad. Like they're now, the two doctors the are two calling doctors each other. The two doctors are communicating. Yeah. Saying, saying you need to call Gretchen and check in. So, so what did they want you to do about it? So of course they wanted me to take the pharmaceutical meds. So you said no to the pharmaceutical? No to the pharmaceuticals. So I decided to take my own CBD products to see if they would help me with this, this, postpartum and in particular the the emotions that I was having was massive anxiety massive depression and huge mood swings like where I just would cry at at the blink of nothing right and now this happens a lot for women just in general like they, they how many get, days after we're talking immediately um, after yeah it, it happens pretty quickly but then it's like it's like you don't because you're still on you're still like struggling from the whole surgery right right and you're still struggling from like you're on this high, if you will, from having the baby. Right. And then like when you actually get to collect your thoughts and think about the fact that like, okay, what am I really feeling? What's happening? You're home. You're home. You're not in the hospital. You don't have people taking care of you anymore. You know, all that. So I would say when it really started to hit was when after two weeks, when I didn't have anybody else around, it was just me and the baby at home. Slade went back to work and I was like, Oh my gosh, like what did I get myself into? Like yeah. what's <laughs> happening here? And I couldn't even get a shower in. I could barely brush my teeth and I just was miserable. Like I was just not doing well. And I would stare outside and when you're breastfeeding, she breastfeeds every 40 minutes. You're so a like milk machine, right? You're a milk machine. Like and it's just it's such a different life because I was used to getting up every day and doing my hair and makeup and putting myself together and going to work and like feeling like, you know, I was a human and now you're just like this milk machine. You can barely like wash your hair and you look in the mirror and you're fat and ugly and you can't like just everything that's happening is so overwhelming and so not fun. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was crying every day. So anyways, I took my products. It took two days and I completely got my joy back. I was a totally different person. How much were you taking? How do you ingest it? So depending on what product you're taking, um, I was taking one of our products called Limitless and it's actually like a pill that you take. Okay. And that is for like the mood swings. Um, It's energy, motivation. It allows you to have um, compartmentalize like what's happening in your day. So like before with the baby, I couldn't comprehend like how was I supposed to take care of the baby, do laundry, cook food for myself, do this. I could not like figure it out. It's weird. I don't know how to explain it, but like, it's hard to like do it all. Cause you're so tired and you're up distracted. And it, it's like, it's like your brain isn't, isn't working. <laughs> your brain is not or at because, like a certain percentage. Yes, because you're so tired, because you're so sleep deprived, because they are up all night, and you're up all night every every hour to two hours breastfeeding them. So you go from sleeping a certain amount of time, and I don't know if you know this, but you can actually survive up to two weeks without food and water. You can't survive without sleep. I think that what started happening for me is I was so sleep deprived that you just can't figure, you can't co- compute like how to do the laundry at the same time that you're like breastfeeding her and like how to make yourself food because she's hungry. like, it's weird. You'll see, like, it's hard. It's Again, just- yeah. It's I, the only thing I can relate it to is we get up for these weird hours for the morning yeah. show. So every day yeah. I'm up at well, two see, in the morning be better because you had this experience. I didn't. Okay. I'm a hardcore. Jessica sleeper. Holmes says is right. Like, yeah. And you I get four hours a night and oh, then I see, get no, a couple fine. during you're the gonna day. You're going to be fine. Oh, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine We'll see, but here's the thing. I leave to work at 
three in the morning. Yeah. So here you go, hubby. Now you have to be up. Yeah. Because you're the only one home. Like yeah. that's what's going to and I worry for Caesar yeah. in that sense. Gonna I, be, he's gonna pull it off. Be it's gonna be transition. great. Are you not doing help? You're not doing night nurse? I'm uh, this is like the third time I've been asked that. Um <laughs> clearly oh, it's dear. for a reason. I mean, yeah. listen, I have all the support in the world when it comes to family. Yeah. Between my family and Caesar's family, I have help lined up for okay. during the week when I go back to work. Okay. Um, you know, the intention is to have mom stay with me for the first week, week or so. A <laughs> <laughs> week or two, I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to be. I always just say I don't want to commit to anything because I don't yeah. know how I'm going to feel. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? You're so me right now because this is exactly how I felt. This is exactly how I went into it. Everything's going to be fine. I was like, it's fine. I don't have to have anything lined up. Da, da, da. Yeah, it was not. It was a. It was not. So what my would you recommend? Decision. I would 100% recommend if you're leaving at 3 a.m. Does your husband have to go to work? He's a nine to fiver. Okay, no, you're, you're screwed. You have to have a night nurse. You have to have a night nurse. You're not going to survive. I, I'm telling you, it's... Listen, listen. No, wait. I need to take this back. Okay. All the people out there that like have done it, they're going to like be such haters on me, okay? God bless every single one of you out there that have been able to do this without help. I do not know how you did it. I praise you up and down. You people are amazing. But right. if you can afford to have help, get help because it is the hardest thing ever to do with no sleep and start still trying to go to work still trying to manage it all like it's just and who's going to take care of the baby during the day when you and him are at so work? i work monday tuesday friday and the weekends the weekend show so i have two days off during the week okay he has weekends off okay so that leaves us with three days where okay. we need help yeah so between my mom my god mom and my mother-in-law okay we got the three days okay okay Okay, so if you have that's the, the plan, but well, but, but like uh, we live not necessarily hop, skip, and a jump away from them. So yeah. on those nights that we need someone, yeah. you know, on a whim, we always yeah. say we need to have someone lined up as yes. like the sitter for sure, for sure. And do that. his dad lives fifteen minutes okay. from us. Okay, but other than that, I still want to have someone even in Hollywood. You yeah, know, going on audition for this, exactly. so I do that. I need to take exactly. the baby with me. Yeah. It's a lot of depending on people, which yes. I'm not used to. I'm not to. used to this either. So this is what's making me a little uncomfortable. That is such a good point. That was the struggle that I had because people were like, why didn't you ask for more help? Because I could not. Because I've not always been able to yes. balance and multitask yes. Yes. and figure and it out. And that was part of why I got super depressed is because I was so stubborn in being like, I can do this. I got this. No, why can't I figure this out? Like I, you know, and then like every day I'd start new and I'd be like, okay, I got it. I'm going to stick her in her bouncy and then I'm going to jump in the shower. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, we got it. And I kept trying, but see, here's the wild card. The baby doesn't have the same plans you have, okay? <laughs> Darn baby. <laughs> <The> baby. <laughs> like, you're like, I'll just put her in the bouncer. And then, like, it yeah. works for two days. And you're like, yes, I figured out a program. I can send an email. Forget right. about it. It does not happen. It changes every single day. Her her schedule changes. Her things changes. I mean, you know, people are like, do you have her on a sleep schedule? I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, really? Like, kind of. But, like, at the end of the day, if she does not want to nap, and I'm I'm not the kind of mom that's like, you have to nap. I'm going to leave you in the no, crib and like, make I you wanna, cry. I want to make sure that she's lined up with my schedule, yeah. our schedule, yeah. as in me and Caesar, because like we need to control something, right? Well, if we, ha- but then not control it too much. Well, see, this is the this is the fine thing. It's like we can't go to that that barbecue because right. it's her nap time. Like, right. I don't want to be. That's my point. That. Is like you don't want to be that person, but at the same time, you're you're going to realize that like your baby's needs come first and like you do find yourself saying no to a lot more things (laughs) yeah you find yourself saying no to a lot more things because if she is in crazy town screaming not doing well like and it's just she you can tell she's just a very unhappy baby like you will you will change you will go wow like I'm not like you just have this different heart this different priority you just go I'm not gonna force my baby to get dressed in this clothes that she's miserable in right now and go to this barbecue and scream the whole time and like screaming yeah like you you'll see it changes you you start to you start to have to say no to a lot of things that you've never thought before that you would say no to but I do agree with you I think that I think I think it's a balance I think it's a balance between 
you work your baby into what's going on in your life. But I also think that you have to really pay attention to what your baby's needs are and what they want. And for me, like, I'm just not the type of mom that's like, you are on the sleep schedule. And if you don't go to sleep right now, you are, you know, in trouble. I'm going to make you scream. Consistent enough for that where my husband is. Caesar is a creature of habit down to where his keys are every single day. And when it's not like that, it, it's, it's like discombobulating. Yeah, he gets where me, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. It's always worked for me. I think I am in my career where I am because it's always been like, yeah. I'm a yes girl. Yes, yes. let's make it happen. Yeah. Not in the plan. Great. Even more exciting. Like, let's go for it. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> I'm like literally crying for you on the inside right now. <laughs> because, um, yeah, there's going to be a, a little human who I care about it just changes beyond measure yeah. already. And it's like, and I get that. So I'm I'm glad I have this podcast because I yeah. feel like you're I've learning so much. To, and all the different strong women, yeah. the way they handle yeah. it. And I just have to go, okay, this is going to be the reality. And let's face it, this isn't going to be forever. No. And that's the key that I want to tell you too. Two things that, and everyone says that. It's not forever. It's not forever. And here's a couple pieces of advice I will give you. Um, Remember, because it really, everyone says this, it goes by so fast, but mm-hmm. you have to remember this. And I promise you, and when you're sitting there feeding her and you're looking at her and you're like, I have 9 million things I have to do, or I have an email or I'm missing this. You have to s- literally force yourself to say, I will never get this moment back. Mm-hmm. And so I am going to sit and sulk in this moment, like no tomorrow. And I know that everything else is a disaster happening Mm -hmm. around me, Mm -hmm. but I will never get this moment back. And it wasn't until I allowed myself to do that, that I started to relax and enjoy and really sulk in the moment with her. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, now I'm more excited about the next thing. I'm not doing this looking back and regretting like, Oh my God, I didn't, I don't remember her as a newborn. I don't remember her at this stage. I don't remember. Cause you remember it. Like you're making yourself. Cause I'm, I'm really in it in that moment. And and what happens is you just, you get, you're, you're still trying to figure out how to be that old person and you, and you can't, you, that, you have to shed that. You have to let that go. You have to know that this is your new normal and you have to work into that. And it's taken me till three months that, and that everyone said this, at three months, it will totally change. At six months, it will totally change again. Three months, it's like, yay, look at me. I have makeup on today. I have my you, hair. Yeah, but you seem like, like you got it together and I've you have advice. Together. I've got it together, <laughs> but it took me three months to get to this point. Which in the grand scheme of things is nothing. Like three, three months, months seems nothing. like no time. Right. But I'm sure when it's it happening. It felt like eternity, yeah. but it is. It's not, it's such a short period of time. Yeah. Now, I still have 30 pounds to lose. I've not been able to work out. I've not been able to do it because I didn't have anybody take care of the baby. That's right. what, what I'm going to do. Take her to the gym with me. Like, hey, sh- sit over there and stay quiet. You care that, right? I'm just kidding. Yeah, but like I'm not even comfortable with any yeah. of that. So no. it's one of those things where um, I haven't been able to still do self-care for myself. And just now... With the help, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym at least, you know, twice a week now or something. And I'm going to do some more self-care. I need to go get Botox I haven't gotten in two years. I need to get, you know, a facial, like just all the things that I have not done to take care of myself in two years. And here's the thing. Most people are like, oh, you're so vain, Botox. Well, listen, this is my business. My business is on camera. And so, yes, I'm going to have to do that in order to have income to take care of my family. So don't be a hater, all you people out there saying, like, you have to do this. Spill it, honey. It's part of my business. So just like you guys have to go get a certain uniform or a certain piece of clothing for your business. My hair and the hair color and all of that, the lashes, everything needs to be on point because it's an an aesthetic thing. Yes. I had a news director tell me once people are going to turn the channel and they'll stop if they like what they see. Uh They'll stay there if then they like what they hear. So true. And then they'll begin to listen to the content coming Mm -hmm. out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. So... That matters. Yeah. And in your world too. And I got so much hate on social media for the fact that I was still done up and still looking good and still this and whatever. And I said, you know what, you guys like, and they're like, be a real mom. And I'm like, okay, Mm. first of all. You've gotten some hate. Yeah, definitely gotten some hate. And here's my thing. First of all, if anybody watches any of my Instagram stories, they definitely see real mom because I'm not all done up on my stories. Now, my page is like a calling card for me. It's a business card. And so I do have a certain aesthetic that goes with it. And I like it to look a certain way. And I, yes, and the ads and everything that goes on there. So that is my business. So the fact that they're, you know, hating on me or shaming me for wanting to put makeup on and look good for what is considered part of my business, I think is wrong and not cool. But I also want people to know out there that 
this is who I am. This is the real mom. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not if the... I could get up every day and do full face of makeup and hair, I would. For yourself, because it makes you feel, feel good. good. And then if you feel good, you're going to be the best version yes. of a mother. Yes. Because no, if I want to go yeah. out and like go do things and I feel good about myself, then that then I'm going to feel good. If I'm just in sweats all day and my hair in a bun, I don't feel good about myself. But mom A, B, and C may feel that way. And that's great. And that's percent. Wonderful. I just wish people would be a little bit more respectful of whatever space they're in, whatever yeah. it looks like. And I did, and I have posted a couple of photos on my page where I am in sweats and no makeup, and that's fine. But that's not what my page is about. It's not so your brand. It's not my brand. So for people to be hating on that, it's just like, and and what do they think for the rest of my life? I'm never gonna like. You're a mom now. No makeup. Well, no glam. Like, no nothing. Because you're a mom, you can't be put together I know that's that's the part that's the message that's confusing to me yeah. it's like why why can't I put be put together that, and that's why I wanted to call this mama mentality this yeah. podcast because I, I I want to adopt that mama mentality of yeah. moms are strong no matter where you come from what you look like right. what you do for a living we're right. all trying to figure it out right and we live in a space now in 2019 where it's all about digital and it's all about you know being over consumed by everything and I just want to get back to the basics of like what does it take yeah. to make it all work yeah you know you can have a career too yeah and don't be shamed for it yeah it's so true and I just I really hope that people out there recognize the fact that like I mean I just think that everyone, like, I I don't even know, like, if I was the full-time stay-at-home breastfeeding mom every day, I don't know if that would be something that I feel fulfilled in. Hardest job. Yeah, it's the ever. hardest job ever. And I honestly, for me personally, for as much as a workaholic and a, a career-oriented woman that mm-hmm. I have been my whole life, mm-hmm. it, I think that's part of why my depression and anxiety set in, is because I was like, oh my God, is this going to be my life every single day? Mm-hmm. Like, having this things suck off my breasts all day long and like never put myself together, never feeling good about myself, never feeling Mm -hmm. like I have anything of my own anymore. Like there's some women that they eat that up and and live in that and they, their whole life, that's all they've ever wanted. But when you're a career woman, like Mm -hmm. I've been, when I've worked outside the home where it's been about accomplishing other things other than just being a mom, it's really hard to like be like, bam, okay, now I'm this, you know, full-time mom and this is all I live for. It's like, so I just wish that people won't, would stop shaming women for, for feeling that way, you know, because I do think that there's a way to do it all where you still take just care. not all at once. Not all at once. That's exactly the key. Where you still are taking wonderful, good care of your baby and you're bonding with them and doing well by them, but you also still don't lose yourself in the process. And that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. And that's why we decided to get help is because I want to be the best 100% mom, but not lose myself in the process. Yeah. And you shouldn't be shamed for that. Yeah. And I applaud you for that. Thank you. Thank you. You're Gretchen welcome. Christine Rossi, <laughs> who is now a mommy to Skylar Gray. I Yay. see right here her bib hanging. All these I people see that keep coming up to our door. Paparazzi are here. I'm just kidding. I know. I don't. Like, <laughs> There's the doorbell. So many people keep coming. Okay, I'll let door. you get the door. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, all right, all right. My favorite time of the episode <laughs> because we get to sit here and pick the brain of a woman by the name of Lola. Her name is Lola. <laughs> this is Abuelita Lolita. I love to call her uh, that. And this is the Ask Abuela portion of, of the podcast. And Grandma, you have been pregnant five times from 1956 to 1965. Here you are all these years later. Yes. You were 87 years old. Yes. You uh, recently stopped working, very recently. Yes. And that's only About because the, <laughs> the place you worked at <laughs> shut down. You're an amazing woman raised by an amazing woman yes. by the name of Ruth. That's Ruth. what we knew her as. Ruth, full name? Yes. Her full name, though? Well, her, in Spanish, it's Refugio. Refugio. But we called right. her Ruth. So it's great-grandma Ruth to me, yes. your mother. Yes. I know we've chatted a little bit about who she was to me, like what I remember about her as mm-hmm. just cute little old little woman with a little bun. She 4'11". And she would give a ton of kisses. Yes. And I always respected her so much uh-huh. as as a woman, even from a little girl's perspective. Like, how did you she create all She was never mad, this? never angry, never in a bad never. mood. She was always, you know, with all these kids she and had everything. Ten she kids. lost, you know, two of her sons. Mm. And and she was always in a good mood, always. She, I never saw her 
mad or yeah or depressed or even growing up when you were young and you mm-hmm. were all on Always. the farm she used to make a stack of tortillas because we all worked and we were all still at home i started working when i was 16 well wow. on the farm no in the factory when i was 16 i was in oh. school so i i uh, quit school to work okay because but I you went back years summer. later and got your GED. yes i got my GED. <laughs> I, but I, that I, graduation. I uh, worked in the summer and i was working full eight hours a day at that Acme paper box. <laughs> Thank goodness. And for then Acme. when I, it was time to go back to school, I asked my mom, do you think I should keep working or, or go back to school? And she says, I'll leave it up to you, whatever you want to do. So she was kind of like me. She just, whatever we thought we wanted to do, that was, it was the kind okay of with her. mother she was. Yeah. Tell and, me more about the kind of mom she was. Oh my you gosh. were the middle child, but. Did you, yeah. you had a chance to see her parent, older kids and oh, younger yeah. kids? Yeah, and I always liked being a middle child because I was close to my older siblings and close to my younger siblings. And when my, I used to, we used to go out a lot, all of us together. When they got married, the older ones, then I went to my younger ones. And went out <laughs> Want with a party? Them. So I was lucky. And Uncle Eric was the middle child. He always said, well, I'm the middle child. Everybody's special except me because I'm right in the middle. I'm, right, the middle said, child syndrome. Eric, I'm the middle child, and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it because I had younger siblings. I was yeah. close to them, and I had older ones. I was close to them. But see, that's your, so, uh, going back to the title of this podcast, right, Mama Mentality. Uh-huh. You have it. You've always had it, it seems, even when yeah, you were young. I like, think I got it from my mom. Strong woman mentality mm-hmm. of even things that most people would find <laughs> not so good. You you find the silver lining. And I, I don't complain about anything. And it, that's just the way I am. It's not because I worked at it because I, you know, I think this is the way I should be. That's just the way I am. Yeah. And and so I feel you it on makes that everything level. easier. And it makes everything easier. When your mentality when, is one way and positive, you start mm-hmm. to, you can see the world differently, right? Yes. And everything and just And you becomes... try to look at the good things because I know there's things that happen and you say, why, why? You know, a lot of people dwell on that. And But if you think of all the good things that happen in your life, that yeah. just ba- not even balances it out. It's way... It reverses it. Yes. yes you think about because, Grandma Ruth. I want to mm-hmm. go back to the type of mother she was. Oh, Yes. She was a great Keep going on that, yeah. She was a great mom. She worked so hard, and she always had time for all of us, always did. One-on-one time? Do you remember that? Oh, well, yes. Not, she didn't have a, well, there was always a lot of us around, so it was hard to do (laughs) one-on-one. But um, she always had time for us whenever we wanted to talk or, you know, anything. She, She would sit down and talk with us, and she was very good, very, you know, she just gave us everything she could made everything work mm-hmm. and she, she also sewed a lot oh she did she all your sewed clothes? a lot of our clothes for school i have a story <laughs> that i can tell you we used to go to whittier shopping uh-huh. for groceries so she'd buy a hundred pound sack of flour hundred pound sack of beans and a hundred pound sack of rice okay and then we had chickens in the yard so that's what we would have for dinner every day was chicken and she'd like have an one of my brothers go and <laughs> catch a chicken and they would cut the head off and my mom would have us take all the me and my sister had our that was our job my sister take was the two years out. older than me took the feathers off. <laughs> and it was awful <laughs> and, then, and and then we had a wood stove so we also that was also Minnie my sister Minnie and uh-huh. I we used to Mini, have uh-huh. to light the stove and you get all this smoke coming back in your face and be choking. So then she the would chicken. take over. No, from the smoke coming out of the stove. So that was our job. But, you know, Grandma had to, when we got a little older, she gave everybody a little job. The boys caught the chicken. Loopy, my sister, killed it. And <laughs> we took out the feathers. <laughs> and then that's what we would have. We'd have beans, rice, tortillas, and a chicken every night. Every night. But it was dependable. I mean, you knew you you knew you had food on the table. Yes, every and, night. And to this day, I still love rice, beans, and tortillas. <laughs> I don't like chicken so much. You don't like chicken, not so much. <laughs> and everybody was happy. We all grew up healthy, and you know, no, no, nothing that we had to. Yeah. We didn't get sick a lot. You had some rich neighbors. <clears throat> But those yes. kids didn't turn out so well. So no. in perspective, do you think yeah. in terms of motherhood and parenting, yeah. oftentimes less is more? Yes. we, You know, everybody was happy. All my brothers, we were all happy. We all 
got along good together. We all laughed. We all we didn't even have any toys. We had to make our own toys, you know, just yeah. whatever we had because we never didn't have any store bought toys. Yeah. And then when I had my kids, I tried to give them, you know, like one year we give them all bikes. Oh my gosh, they were so happy because they all got brand new bikes for Christmas, and <laughs> yeah. and it was kind of hard for us because you know having five kids, having to pay a mortgage and a car. We had to have a big car with all the kids. Right. So, um, so yeah, it was, you know, we, we kind of struggled a little bit. We did, and so did my mom. But everybody was happy and everybody was healthy. And so yeah. I think that's the way it should be, you know, not try to worry. And when you only have one child, you just worry about, you worry too much. So you're, you're telling me I need to have more than one kid. Yes, at least five. <laughs> You want me to have five kids, Grandma. Let's get yes. through this one. At least. Or at least we'll four. Two boys, two girls. Perfect. How about if they're all girls? Keep having that. <laughs> when it worked out for you, she had one girl, had three boys, and wanted that girl, and the last yeah. one was. And that's my mama. And look at how good it turned out. They both say, I don't know what I'd do without, without, without one another. The one. They do yes. say that. I don't know thank what you. I'd do without you, Granny. I oh, love thank you. you. <laughs> thank, thank you for stopping you by. Too. If You're you have welcome. questions for and Abuelita like- Lolita... Submit them because we can ask Abuela these questions. And I can't wait for you to have your baby. Yes, we can't wait. It's almost here. I've been waiting, yeah. Okay, okay, close. Okay, bye bye. My December 4th due date is right around the corner. Let's keep the conversations going on Instagram at mtelly. Use the hashtag mama mentality. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your pods. You can also visit ktla.com slash mama mentality. Catch you next week.